This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Lying about every line on your resume is truly unprecedented. More alleged untruths uncovered about Long Island Congressman-elect George Santos. Opening of the long-awaited LIRR Railroad underneath Grand Central Terminal threatened. Ukraine's president visits Washington, D.C., addressing Congress and meeting with the president. Holiday travel interrupted by a massive winter storm bringing rain and high winds to New York City, snow elsewhere. Sam Bankman-Fried lands on U.S. soil to face fraud charges related to his failed $32 billion cryptocurrency exchange. Congressman-elect George Santos's emotional narrative of having Jewish grandparents who fled Europe during World War II appears to be untrue, according to genealogy websites reviewed by The Forward. Now that, on top of allegations, he lied about his educational and work experience. Santos, a Long Island Republican, has said that his father was Catholic, his mother Jewish, and that both faiths are mine. But the website, MyHeritage.com, lists Santos's maternal grandparents as having both been born in Brazil before the Nazis rose to power. Here's Nassau County Congressman Joshua Lafazan. Lying about every line on your resume is truly unprecedented. What he has done is he has spat in the face of every resident in the 3rd Congressional District and said that facts do not matter. It is the most selfish and egregious case of lying I have ever seen. He should do the right thing and step aside. A chorus of constituents and government watchdogs has called for Santos to step aside or for Congress to refuse to seat him in January. The Times said that neither Brew College, which Santos said he graduated from in 2010, nor Citigroup and Goldman Sachs, where Santos said he had worked, had any record of him. A delayed opening now for the long-awaited $11.6 billion Long Island Railroad Terminal right beneath Grand Central, according to the MTA, the delay, and getting the blame, a faulty fan. Here is MTA Chair General Lieber. Literally everything is moving forward to allow us to start that uh, Grand Central direct service in a couple days, with one exception, and this is literally the theater of the absurd, that those two vents you see on the right are not don't seem to be pulling enough air to satisfy one test. And instead, he explained the MTA will at first only run a shuttle service between the stop in Jamaica, Queens, during what Lieber said would be a transition period lasting about three weeks or longer. Lieber says the MTA wanted to wait until a time when more people are commuting to the city before launching new schedules. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said Wednesday that against all odds, Ukraine still stands. He paid a defiant wartime visit to Washington, D.C. to thank U.S. leaders and ordinary Americans for their support in fighting off Russia's invasion. 
President Joe Biden and Congress responded with billions in new assistance and a pledge to help Ukraine pursue a just peace. Zelensky received a thunderous ovation from legislators during an address at the U.S. Capitol, declaring that Ukraine will never surrender. Earlier Wednesday, Biden welcomed Zelensky to the Oval Office. Your money is not charity. It's an investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way. Just before his arrival, the U.S. announced a $1.8 billion military aid package for Ukraine, including for the first time Patriot surface-to-air missiles. Well, a massive winter storm on its way, and it will cause treacherous holiday travel and usher in life-threatening cold for much of the nation ahead of the Christmas holiday. This powerful storm will unfold from today into Friday. Heavy snow is forecast in higher elevations and heavy rain elsewhere. It's rain for New York City and the metropolitan area surrounding it, along with strong winds. Here's Bob Overeck of the National Weather Service. The only area across the country over the next several days that's going to have temperatures above average will be from the southwest into California and along the west coast. Otherwise, the rest of the country looks like the temperatures are going to be well below average. High temperatures on Thursday across the plains are going to be well below zero, five below zero in Denver, ten below zero in, in Cheyenne, temperatures around zero degrees in Minneapolis. Two-thirds of the nation's flights are likely to be impacted, according to AccuWeather meteorologists. Airlines already canceled more than 2,600 flights on Tuesday. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried, he has arrived by plane in New York from the Bahamas to face fraud charges here in the U.S. The 30-year-old was extradited on suspicion of committing one of the biggest financial frauds in U.S. history, according to U.S. authorities. He denies these allegations and may appear in court later this morning. Meanwhile, two of his former associates have pleaded guilty to related charges. FTX co-founder Gary Wang and Caroline Ellison, former head of cryptocurrency trading firm Alameda Research. Both were charged with roles in frauds that contributed to FTX's collapse. According to Damian Williams, he's an attorney for the Southern District of New York. They're both now cooperating with that investigation. A lawyer for Mr. Wang said his client had accepted responsibility for his actions and took seriously his obligations as a cooperating witness. Let me reiterate a call that I made last week. If you participated in misconduct at FTX or Alameda, now is the time to get ahead of it. We are moving quickly and our patience is not eternal. And Allison and Wang also face separate charges from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Looking at your uh, national, international news, a federal $1.7 trillion government funding bill with more aid for Ukraine, it is stalled. Lawmakers are struggling to reach an agreement on amendments that needed to get to a final vote and avoid a partial government shutdown. Now, that could happen as of midnight Friday. U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York. The clock is now ticking until Government Front runs out this Friday. Between now and the end of the week, the watchwords for the Senate will be speed and cooperation. Now, Senator Chris Coons of Delaware says that issue is a proposed amendment from Senator Mike Lee of Utah seeking to extend pandemic-era restrictions on asylum seekers at the border, also known as Title 42. We told you a lot about it. Here is U.S. Senate Minority Leader Republican Mitch McConnell. They're in the defense part of our expenditures, making sure the Defense Department can deal with the major threats coming from Russia and China, 
providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now. Republican Senators Mike Lee, Rick Scott argued that increased government spending would worsen inflation. And meanwhile, their colleague, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky Republican, is taking a Christmas-themed poetic swing at the omnibus spending bill. The Kentucky Republican unveiled his own version, listen to this, of Twas the Night Before Christmas on Tuesday as the $1.7 trillion government funding bill was released. Twas the week before Christmas, and through the Senate and House, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The earmarks were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The senators were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of pork danced in their heads. He went on to say no budget was found, just mischief and debt, while the taxpayers hung their poor heads and wept, the lawmaker said. Sales of existing homes fell 7.7% for November compared with October. According to the National Association of Realtors, sales were down 35.4% year over year, marking the 10th straight month of declines. The 77 WABC Early News spoke to Corey Zelnick of Zelnick and Company Real Estate here in New York City. The rates keep creeping up. They went up another 75 basis points uh, yesterday, and they're expecting another increase uh, in about another 90 days. So people are going to watch that. And most people, the average home buyer, uh, the average real estate investor who's looking at things uh, where interest plays a part, this is a big factor. Right now, the 30-year fixed average is 7.5%, a 15-year fixed 6.03%. Well, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is responding to Twitter files revealing that the agency regularly contacted employees at the social media giant Twitter to notify them of accounts that may constitute violations of the company's terms of service. Twitter files show that the FBI previously worked with Twitter employees and flagged specific tweets and accounts. FBI officials told Fox News that the agency didn't ask Twitter employees, though, to take action based on the information provided. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee recently commented on the Twitter files to Fox News. What we know is that the left figured out if they could control what you see, say, what you think, they control how you vote. And they did not want to try to do this through the government, so they had Twitter work with government agencies or all of these big tech platforms. The FBI didn't deny a multi-million dollar payment to Twitter, but said it was a reimbursement for the reasonable costs and expenses associated with the response to a legal process. Well, billionaire casino magnate Steve Wynn, he is selling a swath of luxury properties worth nearly $300 million all across the country. And uh, earlier this month, the Ninth District Court of Appeals out in California agreed to hear a racketeering lawsuit against when it's being brought by his former employee, Angelica Limcaco. She previously worked as a beauty salon worker in one of Wynn's properties. And she says that after reporting that one of her employees said that when raped her in 2005, the salon manager was blacklisted in the industry. In 2018, an extensive Wall Street Journal feature alleged multiple sexual assault allegations against Wynn. The fallout from their reporting led to Wynn being ousted from his casino company. He has consistently maintained his innocence. Well, some details now on former President Trump's tax returns. The returns of former President Trump and his wife Melania show that they reported negative income in four of the six years between 2015 and 2020. In three of those years, 
15, 16, and 17, the Trumps reported income tax liability of just 750 bucks. That according to a report from the House Ways and Means Committee. All right, 77 WABC News Time, 515. All right, Justin Ellick, ready to go with sports. Well, thank you, Deb. Indeed, I am. And uh, we'll get to the big news from yesterday here first. As we'll all rise for your new captain, Aaron Judge was named the 16th captain of the New York Yankees yesterday during his press conference, announcing his new nine-year, $360 million contract. Here was the judge during the presser on the honor of being named the new captain. Getting the chance to be the captain of the Yankees now. That <laughs> goes without saying what an honor that is. You know, I look back at the list of Thurman Munson, Lou Gehrig, Ron Guidry, Willie Randolph, Derek Jeter, Don Mattingly. That's a pretty good list right there. You know, not only great baseball players, but great ambassadors of the game and great ambassadors of the New York Yankees. Big number 99 becomes the first Yankees captain since Derek Jeter, who held the title from 2003 through 2014. Over to local action from last night, the Nets, they wallop the Golden State Warriors in Brooklyn by a score of 143 to 113. Brooklyn was firing on all cylinders right from the get-go, scoring 91 first-half points, which is good for the third biggest mark in the league. Kevin Durant had 21 of his 23 points over that span, probably would have had more if he had played the entire game. Up next for Brooklyn, is a date with the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow night uh, in Brooklyn. The Knicks, they lose 113-106 to 106 to the Toronto Raptors at the Garden as their NBA leading run of eight straight wins comes to an end thanks to a career-high 52 points from Toronto's Pascal Siakam. The uh, New York Studs, they did come to play, though falling a bit short. Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett both clocked out with 30 points. Jalen Brunson is the one kicking himself, though, as he suffered through an off night with just seven points on three of 14 from the field. Next, we'll try and get back in the win column tomorrow night when they welcome the Chicago Bulls into town. And over to the ice here, the Devils, they beat the Panthers 4-2 in Florida to snap their miserable six-game losing streak. Jesper Bratt scored twice, and it was Jaeger Sharangovic uh, with a tie-breaking goal midway through the third. That propelled the Devs to victory. They'll try and build on the momentum come tomorrow night in Newark against the Boston Bruins. And looking ahead to action tonight, of course, you've got Thursday Night Football at MetLife. The Jaguars have paid the Jets a visit, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff. And over on the ice, the Islanders and Rangers, they'll meet at the Garden for a 7 p.m. puck drop. Here with the Early News Sports Update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Here's Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Investors look to build on yesterday's big rally on Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial is up more than 500 points, helped by Nike's 12% jump. The S&P and NASDAQ both higher as well. Consumer confidence and retail earnings carrying stock prices higher. Crude oil futures up. West Texas Intermediate crude rose 3% yesterday. The government confirmed a larger-than-expected draw on inventories. Demand is forecast to rise into the new year. Wall Street targeting a slight increase in initial jobless claims, up 9,000 from the week before. Four, unemployment filings fell to the slowest level since September. The labor market still tight as the Fed's interest rate hike campaign goes on. Revised third quarter GDP is forecast to remain unchanged, the economy growing at a 2.9% annualized rate. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. 
All right, check in your futures as we do at this time. Following Lou, uh, the uh, Dow down 14 points right now, 0.04% at 33,555. S&P down a point. The NASDAQ down three quarters of a point. Gold down 70 cents an ounce. And crude oil, it's at $79.60 a barrel. That's actually up $1.31. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. An NYPD officer and a suspect with a long rap sheet were shot while cops were responding to a family dispute. This was at an apartment on Gates Avenue in the Bed-Stuy section of Brooklyn Wednesday. Police responded to a report of a man destroying the apartment. As officers placed 41-year-old Raheen Joy under arrest, a struggle ensued. Joy fired one shot, striking seven-year veteran NYPD officer Orlando Adorno in the right foot. Joy then ran from officers who pursued on foot and in a cruiser, eventually catching up with him on um, Monroe Street, actually in Bed-Stuy. Joy fired two shots at the officers who fired back, striking him twice in the thigh. NYPD Chief of Detectives James Essig said Joy has a lengthy rap sheet. He has 17 prior arrests in Georgia, the state of Georgia, dating between 1998 and 2014. And the officer expected to be okay was transported to Kings County Hospital in a police cruiser. One, uh, once the officers actually end up subduing Joy, they placed him under arrest and took him to an area hospital. NYPD Police Commissioner Sewell said this is the 10th officer shot so far this year. Joy has 17 prior arrests in Georgia and an outstanding warrant for weapons possession in Troy, New York. PBA President Pat Lynch asked all New Yorkers to acknowledge the job officers are doing this holiday season. Well, capture that man being sought for a shooting in the Bronx and the alleged shooting of a Philadelphia Parking Authority officer last month, now under arrest, 39-year-old Termaine Salisbury, taken into custody in Philadelphia Wednesday. Supervisory Deputy U.S. Marshal Robert Clark spoke to WPVI-TV in Philly. We went to one of the houses. Uh, a male resembling Salisbury came to the window. We ordered him down. Uh, he refused to come down. He put some stuff in front of the door, some furniture, a bicycle, uh, tried to refuse our investigator's entry. And Salisbury accused of shooting a PBA officer November 25th in Philly from behind. That officer, Timothy McKenzie, recovering. He's been released from the hospital. And Salisbury, also a person of interest in the shooting of a Sunoco gas station employee in the Bronx back on November 22nd. Well, meanwhile, New York City Mayor Adams says shootings are actually down after nearly one year in office. 77 WABC's Bob Brown reports. The mayor noting a double-digit decrease in shootings and homicides in 2022. Heard me say it before, uh, I believe strongly this is my Aaron Judge year. Mayor Adams says gun arrests are at a 27-year high, and the NYPD has so far seized nearly 7,000 guns, more than 400 which are considered ghost guns. He also claims significant progress has been made to improve conditions at Rikers Island. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. We are just days away. Right after Christmas, legal pot sales will start in New York City. The first legal sales of cannabis in New York State will start December 
9th at a New York City nonprofit, Housing Works. It's a nonprofit that supports formerly incarcerated New Yorkers in the nation's largest minority-controlled HIV-AIDS service organization. Chris Alexander is executive director for the Office of Cannabis Management in New York. He's optimistic about the rollout while noting that the process for other dispensaries to obtain licenses are up for public review and comment till February 13th. Really excited to be able to take this next step. The only way to do this right is to make sure that we're hearing from the public. So please review them and share your thoughts. The historic event will be the first step in the Seating Opportunity Initiative, which is the roadmap for the goals of the recently passed New York cannabis law boon for New York's economy. New York's Governor Hochul approved that initiative back in March. So far, 280 families have been licensed to grow cannabis in New York, and several licenses have been distributed to those with previous weed convictions. Well, the MTA holding off on fare hikes despite the agency's looming financial crisis. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has the story. Leaders say they're postponing fare hike hearings until February as they conduct more studies on equity and other variables. The move comes a few weeks after a report from the Comptroller's office saying that fare hikes would be necessary in order to make up for the agency's pandemic shortfall. It goes without saying that many New Yorkers aren't happy with the proposed hikes. It shouldn't even be the fair it is now. You want more money, but you're not, we're not getting the services that we really need. It's just out of control. The soonest that fares would rise would be June. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. Well, the alleged New York City subway shooter has now agreed to plead guilty to federal terrorism charges. His attorneys notified the court in a letter Wednesday to that agreement. Frank James is this guy's name. He allegedly shot 10 people who were trapped on a northbound end train earlier this year. Now he faces new charges contained in a superseding indictment returned Friday by a federal grand jury in Brooklyn. Mia Eisner-Greinberg is James's lawyer, maintained her position that James can't possibly receive a fair trial due to his portrayal in the media. Mr. James is entitled to a fair trial, and we will ensure that he receives one. The indictment charges James with 10 counts, one for each gunshot victim of committing a terrorist attack or other violence against a mass transportation system and vehicle carrying passengers and employees, as well as one count of discharging a firearm during a crime of violence. He was previously charged with a single terrorism offense to which he pleaded not guilty. James was caught down in lower Manhattan uh, right near McDonald's, actually, a day after escaping the chaotic aftermath in that attack on another subway car. The court has scheduled a change of plea hearing for January 3rd. Well, this Christmas, of course, just a couple days away, could be extra sweet for somebody out there if all goes well tomorrow. What am I talking about? 77 WABC's Gnome Laden reports. The Mega Millions jackpot now $510 million after no one drew the winning numbers Tuesday night. It's been more than two months since players in California and Florida split a jackpot of more than $500 million in the multi-state lottery. The next drawing is Friday night. Noam Layden, WABC News. 77 WABC News Time 529. And if you miss the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, WABCRadio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.